I'm Doug Lavity with the Lavity Legacy Farms from Lubbock, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are once again locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, much of Texas received welcome rainfall over the past week, especially in South Texas, with Tropical Storm Harold moving through. However, drought is still keeping cattle producers from rebuilding cow herds. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The Texas Beef Council plays a very important role in promoting beef to consumers. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll hear from a Texas Panhandle rancher who is part of the Beef Council's leadership. Weed control challenges in the cotton fields of West Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have more from the South Plains on Texas Ag Today. This is James Duncan reporting for East Texas. The dry condition here in East Texas County has got us all under burn bank. The vegetable gardens are gone. Produce stands are cut down. We're waiting on the fall. Deer season and the food plots are being prepared right now. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Many areas of Texas received some rainfall over the past week, especially in South Texas due to Tropical Storm Harold. But much more is needed in the driest parts of the state. The latest drought monitor shows nearly the entire state in some level of drought, with the driest areas being in the hill country and in far southeast Texas. Drought will also continue to be a big factor in the cattle market. Texas A&M livestock economist David Anderson says drought continues to be a huge hurdle in the way when it comes to rebuilding the cow herd. Well, so far we don't have a lot of evidence for expansion. We have historically low numbers of heifers held back for replacement. We continue to send uh, older cows to market at rates that really suggest we'll have fewer cows next year than this year. It doesn't suggest so far a big rebuilding starting. Although, you know, most of us would think, you know, we ought to start seeing some expansion this fall. But again, that drought will limit some areas of the country. We just may not see that really start in a big way yet. That may still be next year. Anderson says drought may also play a role in the corn crop this year. A big crop means lower feed prices, while a drought-reduced crop could increase feed prices, making it harder to make a profit and taking away incentives to hold back heifers to rebuild herds. In just a few years, Texas will be home to a state-of-the-art center dedicated to animal reproductive biology and technology. 
The Texas A&M University System's Board of Regents recently approved construction of the $13 million Animal Reproductive Biotechnology Center in Bryan. According to AgriLife Today, the center will be fundamental to increased understanding of ruminant reproduction at the molecular, cellular, and whole animal level while continuing work to address known reproductive issues. Construction is expected to begin in September, with substantial completion expected in January of 2025. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. USDA is expanding livestock disaster payments for extreme heat and humidity. Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Ducheneau announced that livestock producers whose animals have died due to the high heat and humidity can now qualify for a higher indemnity payment set by the agency. They're announcing an increase of $374 for the Livestock Indemnity Program rate for beef calves over 800 pounds. It now stands at $1,618. Payments are made at a rate of 75% of the prior year's average fair market value of the livestock. If you've lost cattle to high heat, you may qualify, so contact your local Farm Service Agency office. The Texas Beef Council plays an important role in promoting beef to consumers. James Hunt visits with a Texas Panhandle rancher who's a part of the Beef Council's leadership. Texas Panhandle rancher Pat McDowell has just completed his term as chairman of the Texas Beef Council. And looking back at what's been accomplished over the past year, McDowell says he's most proud of how well the council manages the proceeds it receives from the national and state checkoffs. We're taking that $2 and we're maximizing it. We're using it to the best deal. We're taking care of the producer's dollar and we're being so efficient with it on several different programs. But McDowell says the Beef Council is dealing with a budgetary challenge. Cattle numbers, as we all know, are are going down. And since the checkoff, both the national checkoff and the Texas checkoff, they're based on a per head basis. With the declining cattle numbers, our amount of money that we have to operate is going lower. So we've kind of revamped and looked at all of our different programs. And our goal is to keep a consistent message out to our target audience, who's basically a 25 to 40 year old female with kids. Even though extra diligence with spending is necessary right now, the Texas Beef Council continues its mission of promoting beef to consumers. And McDowell says for producers who want to check out those promotional efforts, one really good example can be found online. Go to beeflovingtexans.com, look up the Barbequest shows. It's three seasons spotlighting a lot of different restaurants and cattle producers across Texas. And they're really pretty interesting. And uh, it's something we're doing that uh, has really hit a great spot with our target audience. But it's kind of fun for a producer to go look at also. Once again, that's rancher Pat McDowell of Shamrock, who will continue his service with the board in the coming year as past chairman. The website he mentioned is beeflovingtexans.com. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Weed control is a big challenge in the cotton fields of West Texas. Tom Nicoletti checks in with a Lubbock area farmer. Up on the South Plains of Texas, we catch up with Eddie Griffiths, who's out in his cotton field. And uh, Eddie, uh, deep into the season, and the weeds are still a problem for you out there. Uh, What are you doing to uh, combat the situation? Yeah, it's it's a problem year long, it seems like. You're always trying to take care of weeds, not sure. At this point, with the heat and the temperature, uh, how much good I've done. Yeah, that's something that we're always dealing with, trying to catch those weeds before they 
get too much size on them and try to alleviate those. You know, we're still irrigating the cotton and trying to get to the finish line with it. And the finish line is probably going to come sooner than we expected, but eat like moisture, a lot of this cotton mature really quickly and we'll be getting it out of the field probably starting in the next month, month and a half. Yeah, certainly with the hot, dry conditions, everything has been sped up this summer. Yeah, they started out late for the most part. Not a lot of producers were worried about maturity, but, you know, 100 plus three days, and it doesn't take long for the cotton plant to mature out. That is Eddie Griffiths. He's reporting for us today from the Lubbock area. East Texas farmers and ranchers are dealing with heat and drought, but they're making plans for fall. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. With the winter weather coming soon, we hope, we're getting prepared, making plans for winter pastures here in East Texas. The dry conditions have got our cattlemen in that discussion. Maybe this will be the year that winter pastures will pay the dividends. The drought brought all talks of herd expansion to a halt when we thought it would be the right time. Now it's next year, maybe. Our produce markets are getting ready for the fall already. Many have already closed down. And our producers are looking forward to the next season. One of our larger produce men told me, said, I've already got my ground plowed. It's all, everything's plowed under. I'm sitting here waiting on the winter to let it follow out and absorb some of that good moisture that we're going to need. Hopefully, that we'll get it through the winter and then make our spring run next year. Now, early September is always the time that we like to do a little work in the food plots for the deer get our deer stands prepared and all of that. And that's certainly going to be the case this year, but we're expecting rains in mid-September. At least that's what our weatherman tells us here in this area, that we have a possibility of getting a good bit of moisture from mid-September to early October. So we're getting ready for that. Let me just suggest to you that you get ready to attend your county or regional or your state fair. Enjoy some of that good time that we always have. Corn dogs are in style when all that's going on. So enjoy it. It's coming soon. We hope anyway. Hope you survive the hot weather. This is James Duncan reporting from East Texas for Texas Ag Today. Time is running out for Texas landowners who are interested in enrolling in the Managed Lands Deer Program. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And vitamin A may be the most important vitamin to supplement in beef cattle. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. The 2023 convention boasts outstanding educational, informative, and networking opportunities. Register before September 7th to save on your registration and hotel room at the 2023 TCFA Annual Convention. Find more information by visiting www.tcfa.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. 
Vitamin A may be the most important vitamin to supplement in beef cattle. Dr. Bob Judd says many nutritionists and veterinarians support the idea. Dr. David Lawman from Oklahoma State indicates in Bovine Veterinarian that numerous veterinarians in Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, and Colorado believe vitamin A could be involved with the stillborn bursts they have seen over the last several months. Plant materials contain the provitamin carotene that is converted to vitamin A by the animal. Green leafy forage, green hay, dehydrated alfalfa meal, and yellow corn are examples of rich sources of carotene, and lush, immature forages are especially high in carotene concentration. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of green leafy forage in Texas at this time of the year, and carotene is destroyed rapidly as the plant matures with exposure to sunlight, air, and high temperatures. Cattle can store vitamin A in the liver as it is a fat-soluble vitamin, but they can only store enough to last two to four months. The amount of vitamin A per day required for various cattle stages are 12,500 units for growing steers and heifers, 15,000 for stressed steers and heifers, 34,000 units for bred cows, and 54,000 units for cows nursing a calf. Most commercial feed and mineral products have historically included 100% of the vitamin A requirement, and recently harvested high-quality hay may have 100% of the vitamin A needed. However, carotene typically declines by 50% after just seven months of hay storage. Cattle grazing grass this time of year or those eating low-quality hay should receive 100% of the vitamin A requirements in a supplement. Vitamin A can also be supplied by injections and liquid drenches. Baby calves are born with little vitamin A, and this is just another reason baby calves must ingest colostrum to increase their vitamin A. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Time is running out for Texas landowners who are interested in enrolling in the Managed Lands Program. Jessica Domel has more in today's Wildlife Report. Texas landowners have just a few more days to enroll in the program that gives them an extended deer hunting season and more liberal bag limits. Alan Kane, Big Game Program Director for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, said the deadline to sign up for the Managed Lands Deer Program's harvest option is Friday, September 1st. Harvest option is a self-serve aspect to the MLD program. It's intended for really landowners that uh, may not need as much assistance, maybe just looking for a couple of tags or the benefits of an extended season. Um, there's different reasons for participating in that, but the harvest option doesn't require wildlife management plan. It doesn't require any data collection or habitat management practices be conducted. A person that wants to participate in that, they just need to go on to our land management assistance application. It's the website that we use to manage that. They can go on there, create their account, and enroll. The system will automatically create a tag issuance and allow that person to use those tags during that harvest option season, which again runs from about October 1 through the end of February. The nice thing about the harvest option for landowners is that you can choose to either have tags issued for antlerless deer or does, so to speak, or bucks or both buck and antlers. MLDP is a voluntary program. It's designed to foster and support sound management of native wildlife and wildlife habitat on private lands. The deadline to enroll in the harvest option is Friday, September 1st. Cost is $30 per management unit or aggregate site. You can enroll on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. 
It's time to check the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle traded mostly higher on Tuesday, supported by the cattle market's bullish outlook. August live cattle up 30 cents to 181 even. October live cattle down 7 cents to 181.47. December live cattle up 22 cents to 185.87. Feeder cattle traded mostly lower on Tuesday, despite corn also trading lower. August feeder cattle up 45 cents to 250.70. September feeder cattle down 25 cents to 254.02. October feeder cattle down 27 cents to 256.75. Box beef was lower Tuesday. Choice down $1.71 to 315.33. Select down $1.90 to 290.19. Now let's check those livestock auctions we're walking the pens with larry marble jody fry producers in cargyle sold cattle in san angelo thursday jody how'd it go 675 was the total today compared with uh had about 950 last week compared to the last week's sale these kids and yearlings sold mostly steady uh instances i thought two to four dollars lower on some of the very fleshiest end of those heavyweight calves slaughter cows and bulls about steady on those continued strong demand especially for those heavyweight and high yielding slaughter cows bulls just a handful of replacement type cows and cow calf pairs sold fully steady better quality steers four to six hundred pounds from 205 up to a high of near 275. Didn't really have that many choice four weights to test that highest market. Most of them in that weight range traded from 220 to 250. Heifers, better quality heifer kids, four to 600 pounds, 185 up to a high of near 250, mostly $2 to 235. Slaughter cows averaged to high yielding from 80 to 96. Did have some of the highest yielding slaughter cows from 98 to $1.10. Then are very low yielding cows, just a few of those from 60 to 75. Slaughter bulls averaged to high yielding, 95 to 117. Still some of those highest yielding slaughter bulls from 118 all the way to a high of 134. Cow-calf pairs averaged better quality, just a few singles and small groups, anywhere from 1450 to a high of 1950. What do you anticipate for next week? Well, you know, it did rain some down there south of Interstate 10 within our trade area uh, to the far south of where some of these sheep and goats have been coming from. So uh, hopefully, uh, instead of 8400, we can get back near that 6,000 mark might help the market a little bit, may not, who knows, but uh, I would think lighter numbers on sheep and goats and probably similar numbers on the cattle, I'd say somewhere between six and 700 head. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Jody Fry. Any of us at the office at 325-653-3371. Mobile phone would be 234-7895. Maybe that's all the time we've got for Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. That was Jody Fry. You're listening to us right this second on Texas Ag Today. Lean hogs traded lower on Tuesday as the Packers have enough hogs to fill their current needs. October lean hogs down a dollar twelve to eighty seventy-two. December lean hogs down sixty cents to seventy-two eighty-two. 
Blanc cheese rose 4.75 cents Tuesday to $1.99. Barrel cheese rose 6 cents to $1.86. The butter price fell 5 cents to $2.62. That's the lowest since the beginning of the month. August class 3 milk down 2 cents to $17.18 a hundredweight. September class 3 milk up 17 cents to $19.04. Cotton was slightly higher on Tuesday as traders await the impact of Hurricane Idalia. October cotton up two points to 8709. December cotton up two points to 8689. March 2024 cotton up seven points to 8680. As I mentioned earlier, corn traded lower on Tuesday. 56% of the crop is rated good to excellent, according to a report released Monday by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. That's down two percentage points from the last report. September corn down nine to 469 and a half. December corn down nine and a half to 486 and three quarters. March 2024 corn down nine and a quarter to 501 and three quarters. Hard red wheat fell on Tuesday as a large wheat crop is currently being harvested in Russia. The USDA estimates it at 85 million metric tons. September hard red wheat down 23 to 714 and a half. December hard red wheat down 20 and a half to 729 and a quarter. March hard red wheat down 18 and a half to 738 and a quarter. September soybeans fell 13 and a quarter Tuesday to 1382. November soybeans down 13 and a quarter to 1392 and a half. Analysts say that could be because of a small decline in the crop rating in the USDA's report released on Monday. 58% of the U.S. crop is now rated good to excellent. That's down one percentage point from last week. September natural gas fell six cents Tuesday to two dollars and fifty-one cents. October natural gas even at two sixty-six. Crude oil traded higher on Tuesday as traders awaited the landfall of Hurricane Idalia. October crude oil up a dollar and nine to eighty-one nineteen a barrel. November crude oil up a dollar and five cents to eighty seventy-two a barrel. The Dow rose two hundred thirty-seven points Tuesday to thirty-four thousand seven hundred ninety-seven. The S and P five hundred rose fifty-eight points to four thousand four hundred and ninety-two. The Nasdaq rose two hundred thirty-six points to thirteen thousand nine hundred and 41. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.